everybody, and welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 522, recording today live on Wednesday, the 7th of February 2018. We've uh, it's been a couple of weeks since our last meeting. It feels like it's sort of AA, or maybe it's an SS meeting, uh, which is because we've been at NAM. And NAM, if you don't know, uh, was the kind of huge music uh, instrument and uh, industry conference fair in Anaheim, California. We just got back from there, and uh, as you can probably tell from my voice, I've it's not because I've been talking lots. It's just because I got ill before uh, 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 when we got back and hit by the jet lag and all of those things that tend to happen after a trip such as that. But this is the podcast to do with music technology and music uh, equipment and software and controllers, synthesizers, drum machines, all of those th- things. Uh, if this is your first time, stay tuned. Uh, show lasts about an hour. We've got a competition from Isotope uh, where you can win a copy of Isotope's Ozone 8 Mastering Suite. And um, just stay tuned and enjoy yourselves. I want to say hello to uh, our chatties. We've got uh, plenty of people in the chat room at YouTube but uh, if you head over to sonicstate.com forward slash live you'll be able to find all the coordinates to that and also our stalwarts in uh, the IRC chat room that we run ourselves as well always nice to see everybody there Um, uh, how many people have we got today we've got a bunch I hope in fact our last broadcast we did a live show from the NAM floor which was on the Sunday which was a little bit uh, it was a bit seat of the pants because we we ended up um, we were supposed to be at the streaming hub, or at least this is what I thought was happening. They have a streaming hub at NAM, and I went over there on Sunday morning. Kind of, we, we had it booked for a few hours, and we were going to do a, a proper roundtable thing. Actually, it was it it was a relief because when I got there, it's like a PA and an audience, and it was all a bit kind of pro. And when I got there on Sunday morning, they packed it all up, and they weren't streaming on a Sunday. They just let us. They, they'd left the network cable, so we could have used it to upload videos. It was a sort of backstop. So in the end, we ended up going to the press room and doing it on iPhones and iPads, where we had Mr. Gaz Williams with us, who, because Gaz was a Nam virgin. Uh, which is hard to believe, really, considering he's so involved in music technology. Gaz, and, and actually not been to the States before either, so it was a double whammy for you, right? I did not hit her. I did not. It bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. <laughs> oh, hi, Nick. Uh, so, <laughs> that was just a little um, a little in-joke there. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Went no, over my uh, head. That was, no, that was partly because of my experiences in america there when i first arrived in la we watched the um disaster artist uh followed by uh the room (laughs) so that was just a little room thing um uh yeah yeah i mean wow wow um so much i mean i was there for uh, a week or so before nam began so um so that was really cool i had lots of lots of fun um but yeah nam it was uh i mean it really truly is super huge i mean it's, it's massive. uh it's so big yeah i mean in that biggest room you can stand in the middle and look in two directions and you can't really see the end of the walls either either way you look it's it's just so vast um it's and then yeah, I mean, and there's all these incredible displays as well. I mean, you might have seen Roland's display. They had a big climbing wall made out of little drum pads. Um, it wasn't really a climbing wall. There was a sign that said, please don't climb on it. Oh, um, I didn't see that, actually. I must have <laughs> I missed that one. Yeah, yeah. Did you climb um, on it, Gaz? I, I wanted to. We were, yeah. <laughs> Security were reaching for their po- inside yeah. pockets, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, oh, it was so good. And, I mean... 
I experienced so much generosity as well. And a big shout out to Jeff Clark as well. He was incredibly kind, giving me a lift uh, on the first day in Nam, home, all the way home to North Hollywood when he lived in San Diego, which is wow, in the exact opposite kind. direction. Yeah, really kind. Um, and just, yeah, it was so nice to actually physically meet people who I've maybe been, you know, getting to know online for a number of years. P uh, Pete Brown, for instance. Um, oh, gosh, there's loads of people. Uh, you might have seen the video of me meeting Cuckoo. <laughs> that was fun. That was like a yeah, long time. Yeah, that seemed to cause a bit of a stir. <laughs> yeah, that was brilliant. Um, and, uh, and I think that, you know, those sort of things, of course, um, I've seen people mentioning about the, the Vernon Reed Diego Stocco incident. Um which was just so funny. You couldn't have, you couldn't have scripted that. That was just brilliant. Um, have you, have you, did you mention that earlier? Or... I, I didn't. Not yet. No. Oh, okay. So uh, there's a video up about that where um, uh, I was just um, I was just mooching about on the Sunday. Uh, this was after the the show that we did on the Sunday. Uh, and Vernon Vernon Reed from Living Colour. Kenna came up to me and he was going, Gaz, Gaz, really, really nice to meet you. Big fan. Sort of like going, uh, the wrong way around, dude. <laughs> I'm the fan. Uh, but it turns out he's a huge fan of Sonic State. And, um, and that was great. And we were talking about the um, what we'd seen and what was good at the show. And uh, I had uh, I had Ed with me at the time with a camera. So I asked, I asked Vernon, I said, well, should we do this on camera? You know, and he was like, yeah, sure, sure. So we started filming a little piece, um, which didn't have the same energy as our initial conversation. It was a little bit more sort of... Often the know, way when the red light's going. <laughs> yeah. And then Diego turned up. Vernon says, wow, that's a guitar. And turned around and this Diego Stocco carrying an absolutely gigantic guitar. And he sees me, he's going, guys, look, look, it's mine, it's mine. <laughs> That was uh, the one that was, was downstairs. Just... I saw that earlier, actually. I remember that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, just... it's a lovely moment. You're right, Gaz. And, uh, yeah. and uh, yeah, I thoroughly recommend you watch that. It's all all there on YouTube. We've got well over 100 videos there. Uh, mm. But I should introduce also, we have another guest, uh, in case you hadn't noticed. We've got Mr. Uh, Divkid, uh, Ben Wilson. Uh, Divkid video on YouTube. Uh Man of many modular talents. Um, I noticed you posted the uh, you posted a load of stuff on the Model D as well, which I was wanted to talk to you about because you must yeah. have got. A whole, uh, is it D or Model D? I'm not sure what you're supposed to call it. It's like it, it's like those uh, instruments, don't they? That say inspired by the sound of electromechanical keyboards. You know, you're not actually allowed to say what it is, but I guess in this case it's Model D or is it D, whichever. Um, I think it's D, but I've put Model D on every video I've put online, and no one said anything. Um, we all know what it is. Um, but yeah, um, I'm good. Slightly jealous about now. I'm exactly for what Gaz said. I'd love to go out and meet more of the people that I've worked with or getting to know online. Um, that's as big a part of it. Well, bigger than the gear for any kind of event, I think. It sets the year up in terms of work for meeting people. And yeah, I'm, I'm slightly jealous and envious. Not so much for you two with the Nam Frax, but... <laughs> <laughs> Never yeah, mind. So, um, yeah, the model. Sorry. So, yeah, no. The, um, tell me more about the model D because I did watch a little bit of the video and it, de it definitely, you know. So, I guess the first question is: so, how does it sound? Good. In okay, a word. <laughs> in a word. Excellent. Um, someone said, "Are you going to do a, a comparison with 
uh, a reissue and an original. I was like, well, no, I don't have both. I don't have either, Peter. I have some experience with um, an original, about 10 or 15 minutes with a reissue. It evokes similar feelings. Um, it's not maybe as luxury of an experience. You know, playing the Model D is yeah. a big instrument. He's, it, it's, it's not that at all, but it, it wouldn't be if Morg made kind of an official one in that format either, I don't think. It definitely gets you there. And for $300, pounds, euros, I think it's 300 of whatever currency. Um, yeah, it's brilliant. I don't quite know how they're going to do it. Well, they're doing it. People seem to be getting them now. Um, good, in a word. I'd like a few more patch points. And there's, there's a, a couple of gripes with it that we can get into our skirt by, <laughs> depending <laughs> on if you're a bit negative or not. They're only minor, um, but it's not quite perfect in terms of its integration, I think. Little things like the glide works for USB and MIDI. Uh, DIN MIDI on the socket, it doesn't work for proactive input. So depending how you're playing it, you either do or don't have the glide feature, which is oh, a little okay. bit of a shame. Right. Um, and things like the gate input for the filter and the envelope and the gate input for the loudness section envelope aren't uh, normalised. So you can't plug a single gate cable in and trigger both envelopes, which is what would happen over MIDI or over a keyboard on an original. So you're having to, you know, use splitters or... Um, right, okay. So it's a minor gripe, um, which but, maybe uh, is just... It's like essence of... <laughs> yeah yeah there's ways around it um, and I, I guess you could argue and someone did kind of point me out on this i was talking online about the glide that if you're using modular sequences uh, well certainly he was looking at an image like this of me and said that you don't have an issue making a sequence glide i says well no but that's not really what i was getting into but i guess yeah if you're if you're using modular stuff you've probably got all the utilities to get around those minor little issues um, the point, the thing that makes it maybe less exciting is is the neutron, I think, because um, mm. that's got that so looks many. Pretty that that does look a lot more kind of comprehensive, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah it doesn't sound the same at all. Um, no. So sonically, it depends on which kind of area you want to go down. But it's got so many features in it. You know, everything in that potentially is very modular. You could completely isolate the oscillators to work with something else. You could plug something else into the filter, so on and so That's on. That's this guy, the, model the, the red yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, because initially I was all... thinking it was going to be 32 patch points, but it's a lot more than that, isn't it? And hold on, I think I've got the scan of the patch points. 56 patch points? There they all are, in their glory. There we go. I won't play all of those. Well, I mean, it's only a minute long anyway, isn't it, I suppose? Yeah, that's that. I mean, in some ways, that what's really... In, what... See, we only had the option Rest either to turn up... Uh, either turn up straight off the plane, which was... A little bit of a, a big ask, certainly after sort of fifteen hours travel, uh, or go back on the Wednesday, which would have been like six or eight hours of, of away from Nam, which was just completely impractical for us. So we didn't get a chance to do it. I know a few people who did, and they said it was good fun. Uh, uh, and also, uh, Beringer weren't there, uh, and um, 
Dave Smith Instruments weren't there. Well, Dave was around, but they weren't exhibiting there. They they they, they did have a, a, by all accounts, some kind of private room with some stuff in it. Uh, but yeah, but they still managed to, uh, Behringer still managed to get quite a lot of headlines just by releasing some information about a product. So it's probably a lot cheaper in many ways because goodness knows what size. I mean, imagine the size of the booth that, that, that they usually have it must cost I don't know, a million dollars or something. I'm guessing. I'm just totally guessing. So that was an interesting point from that point of view. So, yeah, definitely. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out and what's going to happen about trade shows generally. Um, Gaz, did you feel that it was in any way kind of... I mean, you didn't have anything to compare it to, I suppose, because you've not been before, and it was a, a larger physically. They combined it with sort of AES aspects and also Plaza sort of live sound reinforcement stuff. So it was much bigger... Uh, generally speaking, but it did it feel? Did how did the energy just generally feel about it? I mean, I guess it was pretty vibey anyway for you. But I... yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you know, just as I was mentioning earlier, it's so vast. So I mean, getting from certain areas to other areas was uh, quite a, quite a trek at times. Um, so, uh, but yeah, there's definitely a, a really good buzz going on, and it's just fantastic to see you know super cool musicians walking around uh, i mentioned on the last show that we did you know i had a little i managed to shake hands and say hello to marcus miller which was a bit of a thrill um and and i've seen on sort of the coverage or you know lots of people who were there um yeah so that was great and also i mean we got to uh we got to hang out with a with a bunch of cool musicians and um Ida Nielsen who's a prince's bass player from 2010 until he sadly passed um we went we went out for a meal with her and went to watch her play with Soren Anderson um and that was really cool so opportunities to see these great musicians play and you know and get to hang out with them too is is really really great um also just things like uh just little spontaneous meetings uh, uh i was just having a coffee just minding my own business and roger lynn came up to me and was very kind very said some lovely words about my instrument review uh i just like i think it was just there was just an absolute cavalcade is that a correct word yeah of, that um like... of of things happening the entirety i was there which um which is astonishing. Another funny thing was on the, uh, I was in just uh, on a train, on the Amtrak train coming down from uh, Burbank. And um, I went down into the restaurant cart and someone was looking at me going, Gaz? It was John Van Eaton, <laughs> who's a regular. Uh, yes. uh, yeah. And just happened to be on the train, same time, saw me. So, um, so there was lots of things like that happening the whole time, uh, which which was great fun, but it did, it, it was just like a kind of constant thing. Um, it's quite mind blowing, uh, isn't it? When you're kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, and in terms of, in terms of like the layout, once you start to kind of work out where things are, where, where the kind of the modular area are is where the guitar pedal sections are. And, you know, you, well, when you think you know where the synthesizer stuff is, then you realize like Roland's bit or whatever is in a completely different part of town, if you could call it that, sort of to get there. Um, so, I mean, you've said this before about just, just the sheer amount of energy. It's, it's a bit like being at Glastonbury Festival, you know, getting from, you know, getting from place to place and big crowds of people. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, gosh, I mean, there's just so many things. Uh, I think I was it on the uh, 
on the Friday night, uh, there was an enormous drum jam going outside the main ah, entrance. Yes. Uh, the the, uh, the drum a, circle. Yeah, it must have been a thousand people there playing drums, which for some people would probably be the biggest nightmare. Yeah, me. Um, <laughs> after, after a day at the show, it's just sort of like, oh, no, I've got to get out of here. I mean, you know, I'm not grumpy, but it's just like after eight hours of most of that, you just think, silence, please. Yeah. Yeah. Um and of course I think I as I mentioned on the last show, the uh the, the Stephen Slate uh incident as well, where I was watching him doing a uh presentation of which I do think is really impressive stuff he's got there, but being totally interrupted by the Nam parade band, marching band. <laughs> which he did he did sort of raise an important point there in that who actually wants the damn parade band out of all the exhibitors because that was so loud that was super loud and there he was trying to demonstrate stuff um that's how that's actually all up on youtube now if you want to check it out but I, I, you know i mean i i did feel a bit sorry for him actually because i think his what he's got there because of course they're that's all coming to fruition now that complete system the stephen slate system the uh with the uh the audio interface as well which has got the kind of the preamps which uh uh work in conjunction with the software so it's a little bit like what you universal audio uh <laughs> someone suggested that the uh that the nam uh parade band was sponsored by universal audio <laughs> which i thought was quite funny <laughs> Well, it's a, um, it is a slightly different thing, I suppose. But yeah, no, I tell you, but I mean, yeah. the amount of energy and the level is. A, I, I suppose in terms of releases, I mean, uh, Ben, because uh, you, I, I noticed you posted a couple. Of, you, you have you had access to the uh, Digitone then, or Digitone? What's it yeah. called? How do you pronounce it up north? Yeah, I'm going to say Digitone. Bradfordian. What's the Bradford <laughs> Digitone or Digit? Is it Dig or Dig? Digi as in digital, I right, think. Okay. Then I was watching Bobby explain why he says diggy tact in Swedish. Diggy. He's done a whole Yeah, diggy. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut song. in here. I'm gonna cut I'm gonna cut in here. We're having our asses kicked all the time for saying moog instead of moog. So I think we've gotta say diggy tact and digitone, because that's what Electron call it. So there. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so you've had, you've had access to it. I mean, because that was a bit of a surprise to me. I know uh, Chenk was very excited by it. And, uh, uh, you know, as you saw, we gave Chenk the uh, presenter of the year. And they won the uh, the product of the show, you know, the best of show uh, for that. And because it was, it, was it was a nice release and it sounded really good. I mean, that that whole that whole range, well, there's certainly the Digitax sounds really good. And the Digitone, let's stick in with the form, sounds good. You've had a time to play with it. What do you think of it? Yeah, so it came, it was very, well, as these things often are, it was very late uh, arrival, really, for me. It came, well, conversations started around the 21st of December, roughly, um, saying we're going to get one to you Christmas week. Um, I was introduced through a friend, uh, Scanner, a great performer, composer, and great many things. He put me in touch with them, um, and it was for doing factory content. So it was kind of the synthesis side, which was good because I'm not that familiar with Electron devices. So it felt like the flames were licking my bottom. Um, for, I had about a week or two to get, they just said as many patches as possible. You know, staff are making them, a few extra people are making them. And yeah, it's a very powerful engine. Some people seem to complain that it's only four operators. Um, and that you can pick up old Yamaha Rack FM devices that have more, but you you lose the power of 
the Electron device, I like that it's got a kind of subtractive voice or subtractive back end tagged on. Yeah. Because as soon as you've done all the operator bit, you've then got the filter, which sounds great, multi-mode filter, uh, two-pole and four-pole low pass, which is nice, um, VCA with saturation, and then delay reverb chorus that sounds very good. I, I stay away from the effects for the sound design because most things you can get away with drowning in long, lush reverb. But yeah, really impressive. And with the sequencer, eight potential voices. The only thing I had to remember was how many voices in unison I was using per part because it's four parts and eight voices and how you assign control project or per patch. So that was a, a little bit confusing. But yeah, having all the parameter locks over all the operators, envelope times, uh, the LFOs were much more powerful um, than I thought as well. You can put them in triggered mode. Um, they did lots of tempo division, lots of lock tempo stuff. Um, you can get some really nice drums, um, which maybe isn't what everyone wants. I think drums and pads is kind of my thing with FM and an occasional 90s house bass sound. But yeah, really impressive. I like that the most impressive thing for me was that the, the four operators had an X and a Y output that were kind of tapped from different points in the um, operator pairings that you could move around and change different algorithms of. So you could have a very high bell-like lead sound on one and then a deeper bass on the other. And you could modulate and crossfade between. You could make one part feel like several very easily before you even started animating it. So straight away, my head was in, I should probably get a Digitax. <laughs> it did sell the, the Electron thing to me as a kind oh, of... Oh, interesting. Yeah, because, I mean, that's the thing that uh, that Cenk is very good at demonstrating. He uses the P-Locks just mm. incredibly powerfully. So, you know, you start off with one thing mm. and you end up with, you know, essentially a completely different sound on each step of the sequence, you know, because it's just... So, it's so... And the way that they do P-Locks is really smart. It's much better because... Um, other co other companies do attempt that. I mean, like mo most notably on the boutique SEO two, you know, they would you do P locks on uh, up to five parameters. But the problem is, it's not a snapshot of the P lock. It's relative. So if you go delay time up on step five, then it's up from step five through round again to step five. It's not where it was before. You have to sort of you have. I'm not sure I'm explaining it very well. So it's a, sta a state-based system. Yeah. Whereas on on the on the on the electron stuff, it's like whatever it is at the moment is where it is, and then you change it, and it's just changed for that step. It's not then yeah. open forever, you know. So and, mm. and that's much smarter and much more musical, and that's where they really nailed it, I think. And that's very clever yeah, the way that they've do, done. You can do very cool things with what they call uh, trigless uh, locks as well, where you put parameter changes in without having to, it to be tied to a note. So like, for instance, you can push play on the sequence and then you can play, play stuff. And it, the, the, the sound completely changes, uh, as you play, um, uh, ah, right, which is super cool. Right. Okay. So it's not, not, yeah. not so the parameters change. On. Yeah. It, it doesn't need to have the note. Yeah. So tri trigless locks, they call them. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> You know, stuff like that's really super creative. It's interesting. Yeah, I found I was, that, sorry, go. Sorry, no, I was just going to say I found that really useful in that um, not having been heavily into the electron boxes before, just through lack of having them, not not that I'm not into the into the boxes, as it were. Um, I'd get a very simple sequence going, 
because my focus had to be the, the sounds and the patches. Um, and then I could do that with the parameter locks, but then step back and play it from a MIDI keyboard or send in a quick clip from Logic or Ableton over MIDI. So it meant that you could do that very quickly and creatively, however comfy you were with the device, which was great for me because I'm not but nowhere near um, friends and certainly Chenk in terms of flying through some amazing sequences. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, that's the other yeah. thing. I mean, Chenk is one of those people that makes you aspire to want to be like him because he's so bloody talented <laughs> yeah. and fluent on those things, as oh, he should be. I mean, can we so, get... Yeah. Can we get our picture up of when I cuddled him when we pre we presented him with the award, didn't we? We presented him with the uh, best presenter award, and he was I've, really. Um, I think I've got it. He was very. Uh, he was really touched. He was so because I guess the equipment always gets the accolades. So for him to actually get an accolade uh, made him very, uh, you know, made him really. Well, so emotionally. Really, so I'm, trying to, I'm trying to find I, it. I'm going through all of my. I've got all these photos. These are all the photos um, of the, that we took for giving our awards. Uh, bless mm, him. Your, your hey. shaft there with the. Uh, he, oh, he's fantastic. He's, he's fantastic. So good. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he always looks a little bit startled in photographs. I'm just trying to find. There's a. There, there, there's a hair dopefer who. Yeah, got the top yeah. Let me see if I can find. Uh, hey. He was very playful. I, I should probably. Well, you would. Um, more neutral T-shirt uh, that uh, particular <laughs> for that particular photo shoot. So uh, let me see if I can find the chank shots. God, there's loads of it. This is Ed. Ed. Yeah. Ed. I uh, bless him. Did a great job because he was absolutely hanging on Sunday. He he went out and because mm. we, as we know, that's the Smash Mouse that uh, won the best controller, which also looked pretty cool. Mm. Uh, let me see if I can find the chank photograph. There is a photo. Well, you, here. Uh, well, you find the photo on it. I want to give a, a little shout out to Jeremy at Red Means Recording. He he got a digitone and had a couple of days to do something. I think they asked him to do something very quickly and came up with this great idea that uh, Chenk was after him and his family if he didn't make a video in a couple of days. So <laughs> there's lots of pictures of Chenk taking all over lots of nice sort of footage leading in and out of the uh, video. Ah, That's excellent. a great one. Let me see if I can find it. Ah, uh, oh, there's, there's so many. Uh, these these are all raw. Oh, don't, uh, don't worry. I could I could grab it and send it to you. Actually, I've got it. I just I just can't find it quick because they're all. Ah, here we go. It's, uh, coming. I think they'll be coming up shortly. Hold on, let me see. It's <laughs> the way. Uh, Jim. There we go. That one. <laughs> well, it's that one, and then there's the one that got modified as well. Ah, I haven't which, seen that one. Ah. Uh, you haven't seen that one? Oh, I'll no, find it. I'll send it over. It's, it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. And <laughs> <coughs> um, any, any other highlights for you, Ben? I mean, I know you know modular is a big thing. I mean, it's very hard to keep track because there's so much stuff. But I imagine a lot of the stuff you're already aware of. I mean, any other standout moments from the show that you kind of you know from afar that you thought, oh, that looks kind of pretty cool. I'd like to check that out more. Or there's a couple. Yeah, there's there's a, a lot of. Well, I guess more under the radar modular stuff. Um, I guess guess should start with the Strymon first, the Magneto. Uh, yeah. Um, I what kind of I haven't seen much content with it yet. So, what was the, what was that like? I wanted to ask you both about that if you'd had a chance to check it. Out. I I think Ed filmed that one. I'm just seeing if I can find. I know okay. we've got. Uh, let me see here somewhere. It's uh... just the. The magneto mode on the big sky is fantastic. Uh, being able to kind of shift uh, tape read heads, kind of three, four or five tape read heads around, uh, diffuse them to then create the reverb from 
this kind of tape delay. And of course, Strymon's modelled crinkle and noise and everything else that comes in is fantastic. I'm just seeing if I can it seems find to it. Be the, um, we're in this kind of... It modular seems to move, move through years of... So there was kind of a year of performance mixers, more fully fleshed out mixers in modular. Right. We've then had this kind of year of sample manipulation that I guess the Magneto falls into in terms of timing, bass, looping and repitching as well. Oh, wow. I've, I've just got too many files to try. Ah, Strymon, let's <laughs> see. This this looks like a Strymon, so this is probably it. Uh, thank you to our sponsors. And Announced sure two you're... years ago, right? Was right. Two years ago? Yeah, two years ago. Yeah, we uh, big expansion from what we had shown uh, a couple of years ago. So... Uh... to tell from that Ben to be perfectly honest but uh, isn't that very similar yeah. isn't that similar to like the it's like kind of the Intelligent Rainmaker's got a very similar sort of vibe with a kind of that level of control over multi-taps or is it something very different Um, yeah similar I think uh, Yoad last time he was on uh, or a couple of episodes ago hit the nail on the head for the Rainmaker that it's like Logic's delay designer in that every tap can have a different filter cut off a feedback loop um, it's not just one global feedback. Um, but, yeah, I guess similar, I guess. I don't know if you can actually sample into this as well and it becomes more like a, a repitching looper oh, as well. Okay. Um, I like that they've got all the different clock in and outs. So you could put one sequence in and then, you know, get the half-time clock, the quarter-time clock, if you've got lots of different rhythmic content. Seems like it would integrate very well. Interesting. Uh, um, and I mean, speaking of loopers, there was the Electro Harmonics, wasn't there, which was uh, also really good. I think, did you shoot something with that, Gaz? I'm just trying to find it now. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we did shoot a, a, an interview with uh, Mike Matthews and we shot like an interview uh, about the, the looper, but we ended up not using the interview with the looper because uh, I was asking a bunch of questions that they didn't really <laughs> answer. So we, we left those bits out. But um, I was going to say, uh yeah the uh the, that looper looks great though the, the electro harmonics one just in terms of it could operate you know you could use it as a desktop looper or on the floor it's got foot switches in there previous electro harmonics ones has necessitated using uh an external uh foot controller with them um so so all being in one is good uh i think there's been a little bit of a few people not so happy that it's only 16 bit um which is it's a bit of a shame in a way because these I, I i love using a looper as a sort of centerpiece in, in in my workflow uh so to be able to have uh a 24-bit recording facility would would seem sensible but uh no unfortunately not but but it's okay because I, I mean i think it's still going to sound good uh and it's got the facility to be able to make a, a little sub mix as well you can make a mix down and then you've got a mix down track so uh um, ah, so, you so can when bounce you fill up and then, uh, okay, the yeah, six yeah. tracks yeah you got like six tracks and a mix down track as well so you can do like a bounce down <clears throat> So that's pretty cool, and, and it's just, it's just, yeah, it's really cool. I was very impressed with it. Um, did they I had? Did, what... um... Sorry, got... sorry, Nick. Say they had uh, Reggie Watts do a demo either just after or just before Nam. I didn't catch the date on the video. Yeah. It was good. It seems um, mm. everybody 
Diamond included for the Magneto had a, a great set of content. As soon as you started hearing about it, within a day or so, there were I saw several videos, lots of official content. It, it, that seems to be the way to do it. Well, the way people are choosing to do things at the minute to get a lot of content online just before the show. Um, I wonder if we'll see that at Super Booth as well. Kind of a lot of announcements late April, and then it's just going to see it in person at the actual show. Yeah, well, quite possibly. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, we've booked. You're, are you going to be going to Super Booth, um, Ben? Yeah, yeah. Try, hoping to stay a bit longer this time and check out um, a few more sites of Berlin. I guess there's there's a new shop, uh, Patch Points, which seems to be a shop for really vintage, rare synths, Surge Modular, some more modern uh, Seat Lombard devices, um, bits of gear you don't seem to be able to get anywhere so i don't know how you can run a shop around that at all it kind of doesn't make sense that you spend time trying to find yeah you can't find them when you want them so how can they have a shop around this stuff that's an interesting i don't know if it's it's just a back bedroom in berlin and they open on sundays and people hang out or whether it's a a shop open all week um i go see a coma at common ground as well i think they've got the uh, absinthe bar from super booth in their workshop all right danger 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 hold that thought because uh it's, it's come to the time in the show when i should probably uh um hmm. hear from our sponsors of course isotope ozone 8 as we have had them Riding competition prize for quite some time now. We want to say thank you to them. And really should check out Ozone. The ability to uh, create the mastering setup using it's got lots of kind of AI machine learning in it, so you can tell it kind of pretty much where you want to go. It'll listen to your material and then create a signal path and signal chain based on the, the program material. Uh, also allows you to kind of then tweak that with the tonal balance control that gives you kind of rough target areas of frequency range so that you can then adjust and try and hit those points but with plenty of flexibility so it's not like a cookie cutter thing it gives you a lot more kind of uh, flexibility Uh, the ability to control uh, separate instances of neutron 2 and also ozone within the same session so you can effectively shape the entire master from within the single plugin the ability to uh, AB, lots of different mixes, so you can have a whole folder full of uh, mixes you're trying to get the sound to and just have a crossfade uh, left and right between those so you can hear what you're listening to and have a look at the frequency response and just tweak and change and just lots of really very handy visual tools to help you get the most out of the mixing and the mastering because it's, as we know, it's not always all about ears. Any kind of, uh, any tools that help you to visualize a mix and then kind of help you get where you're going to is very much appreciated and I Ozotope really understand that with Ozone 8 so if you want to check out Ozone 8 it's well worth it the whole suite of products really makes a lot of sense so if you go to isotope.com forward slash ozone uh, as with all of their stuff you can get uh, I think it's 10 day uh, limitless demo, demo copy so you can then you know check it out for yourself and lots of great material online to show you how to use it because it's a very deep very very deep program so once again we thank them for their uh, continued sponsorship of the show very much appreciated 
and we've also got a competition. In fact, uh, it's been a couple of weeks, hasn't it? So I think we asked, uh, well, let's go to the competition. This week, we're looking for the hashtag MixFixer and the hashtag Ozone8 to tweet at SonicState and at Isotope Inc. So uh, get on Twitter, tweet the hashtag MixFixer and the hashtag Ozone8 to at SonicState and at Isotope Inc. And you will be entered for next week's prize. In fact, uh, last week, we've got, uh, or the last uh, um, one, we've got a winner who's called DJ Nitrain. Uh, who tweeted, sounds great and easy to use, make it sound good with Ozone 8, thanks to Sonic State and Isotope Inc. Uh, obviously embellish that tweet a little bit more, which is what we encourage, because we know that Isotope do actually uh, watch this game. They've got a kind of a social wall in their, in their uh, cafeteria area, so all the stuff goes past them, and they can see just how many times their stuff gets hashtagged and what have you. So, yes, once again, <laughs> if you would like to uh, enter the competition, uh, we're looking for the hashtag MixFixer and the hashtag Ozone 8 at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc to enter and win the competition. Once again, we thank them for their continued sponsor of the show. Um, right. Uh, so, Gaz, highlight for you. I mean, I, I know it's really mm. difficult, but I mean, in terms of gears, well, mm. I, I know you were really hot on the uh, Empress FX uh, Zoya, the which Zoya. is really yeah. bonkers. That was a really impressive thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that still is my is my pick of the show. That's uh, that's in the, essentially uh, Empress, who are famous for making uh, guitar pedals, have, have kind of upped the ante somewhat with this one, made a guitar pedal that's essentially like a modular synth, really, in, in, a, in a pedal. It's really uh, clever. I mean, what as far hmm. as I understand, I was looking a bit behind this, and what it effectively is is a kind of hardware interface for pure data patches. So it runs some kind of uh, DSP, it may be a Pi, it may be an Arduino type of thing where you can... Uh uh, but you can program it using these rows of buttons. So you would put mm. you know, various different things in each slot and then route uh, 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 controls and what have you by yeah. sort of just dragging and dropping and pressing and holding. Really clever yes. stuff. So you, you, you push on the square uh, that maybe has the output. Oh, well, say, for instance, you create a new patch. It's completely blank. You... you you press a square, you choose what, what, what algorithm or whatever it is that you want to load into there. Uh, let's just say it could be an oscillator or it could be an LFO or it could be a, a, a delay. Uh, say it's a delay, for instance, um, and you just maybe you just wanted it to be just a delay pedal. Uh, so you've got like an input and an output and you and, and you hold the square, let's say the input, and, and, and then hold the square where you want to route it to. And then on the output, you hold the output and route it. So you can just, so same with like, a, like you create an LFO and, and say you want that LFO to affect whatever parameter you want it to affect. So you hold on the LFO and then you, and then you press the the parameter that you want. It's really to clever, change. actually, because so for mm. instance, it, in a delay, you just route the input to the output via some kind of yeah. attenuator, and the attenuator could then be controlled via MIDI input, or it's got a CV input as well, and you can build these really complex patches. And it's not just uh, it's not just uh, that page. It's got is it up to five yeah, pages you... of? It's more than uh, more I... than one page basically. There's a yeah, bunch of pages. It's I a think... really powerful, yeah, pages really powerful pages, system. Yeah. And they they said that they'd got sixteen independent delays running on it. So the DSP is powerful enough for sixteen different delays. But um, uh, I think, in a way, partly because of their uh, reputation for being maybe more as a guitar pedal manufacturer, uh, this is quite. This represents an interesting uh, new new area for them to go into. And the fact that there is oscillators <laughs> and all the components of a synthesizer within it, um, and and. And it's got a 
it's got one of those little tiny OLED screens. Oh, it looks tiny, like the same, tiny, isn't it? Yeah. But it looks like the same one that you, that's on the uh, the uh, the, mon- the monologue and the uh, okay. uh, you know uh, that OLED screen. I'm pretty sure it's the same one. But what's quite interesting with this one is it uh, rather than showing an oscilloscope, it actually shows a waveform of what's going on, like a kind of yeah. running waveform. There we go. So, so that's so it's get quite plenty tiny of visual. text. I'm sure. Yeah. There we go. He plays it, doesn't he? Mm. Yeah. Let's see if I can find out. And it plays. But it, it, it'll also yeah, show kind of what the LFO is doing. Or see there, yeah, that's showing the that's, waveform uh, of whatever you're working on, too, so you can see. Uh, it's very neat. I know Ben. Th- this mm. I, I, th- this kind of came out of nowhere, really. And this sort of it's almost it's essentially a, a, a Eurac module, but it's like one of the ten ten things, isn't it? Where you've just got the ability to program the DSP to do whatever you want. And this this looks like it could be a pretty cool little thing, apart from the tiny tiny script in the. Uh, in the uh, in the AMOLED there, unfortunately, for yeah. people with poor eyesight like myself. <laughs> yeah, uh, Rebel Technology made the uh, the Hoxton Owl pedal, That's which right. was pure data patches, but that was just four knobs, and you're in and out. So there was no screen, there wasn't no yeah. buttons, and much. Yeah, you need an editor, don't you? Uh, yeah, and, 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 yeah. That's the thing about this, though, that the, the interface is a new interface. I've not quite seen anything that does that before. So I think, you know, kudos to them for coming up with quite an intuitive you know, intuitive thing. Sorry to cut in there. I just wanted to say that. Yeah, I no, I totally... Rip- yeah, that's, 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 a, that's a pretty cool... That's definitely a pretty cool product. I, I should also point out, um, we got a couple of these in uh, for review as well, uh-huh. which, Gaz, I'm going to send one of these your way. This is the Ventress Dual Wicked. Reverb. Uh, I, oh, I, they I, great. I specified things. that they send two, because I'm going to use one for the Fun Friday jams, because I need some sort of effect. This is a dual... Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be really, really good reverbs, and we didn't get a chance to see them yeah. at the show, but uh, we found the box when we came back, because it's mm. absolute chaos at the studio here, so, so uh, and, that'll be coming soon. Hold the... Hold the back up, Nick. Hold the back up of that. There's one thing about these source audio pedals. Uh, sorry, not the back. The uh, the outputs on the there. Can you see this very small little uh, input? It's a little tiny little. Oh, I'm not sure control. where it is on that one. Control. There's a control in and a control out on there. Control in. Uh, yeah, and there's probably an out somewhere on there as well. No, um, just an input on this one. Oh, okay. is it like a but, um, MIDI or? Yeah. Uh, it's, well, uh, well, it's got. MIDI in and MIDI out, and there's a. I think there's a. Uh, that can be a foot, a foot pedal, or p- perhaps a control voltage. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, what they do is they've got like a kind of. A, a, they've got like a, a a central controller. So if you use lots of other source audio pedals, you can run them all from this central controller, and then you know it's it's an alternative to like a MIDI setup really, but it's like their own ecosystem. So you can change patches from one place. It'll send uh, the tempo to everything. You know, much like you'd expect with MIDI, but um, but it uses these like little mini jacks to connect also you can connect uh they they've done their kind of like ring controller as well in the past uh, i i don't know if that's something that they're still doing but you know where you wave the ring around and it sends um control information wow, to the effect. so so well, they are, they're definitely a, an interesting part. There was another. There was the other. The uh, the MIDI ring. That was another thing that we saw there. Um, so Ben, sorry, I wanted to come back to you. Anything else that caught your eye? Well, just really quickly, still on the Empress pedal. Um, there's this book that I, I reached back to grab, uh, "Designing Sound" by Andy Farnell. Um, it can be a little physics and maths heavy. There's equations and all sorts in there, but that's all based on pure data because the pure data software is free. Um, and with that and a couple of online tutorials in 
10 minutes you can make a triple saw wave oscillator and have it through a filter. It's very kind of user-friendly, at least as far as I've got, very much beginner with it, but um, free software, pure data, if anyone wants to play around. Um, in terms of other pieces of gear, the Deckard's Dream. Ah, I uh, did get a well, chance. I, I had a play with that. Before was at the show, uh, the mm. CS80 remake from uh, Roman that was Sputnik Modular, and he also made uh, Buchler clones. I'm not sure if he's still doing that, cloned PCBs and, and panels and things. Um, yeah, this Deckard's Dream. In terms of Modular, the Verbos multi-delay, which had caught my eye just before now. I think they put an Instagram picture up or something. It's apparently the delay that um, Don Buchler himself couldn't get to work. And Mark had said, yeah. I'm going to take it, and I think I can do it, um, and has. I think there's only one in original Buchla format, which is at uh, EMS in Stockholm, the Swedish government-funded mega synth studio that you can write a paper and pitch why you should be allowed in there and go use for free, um, <laughs> EMS. <laughs> it's almost like a uni paper. I've had a few friends go, um, and there's you know Buchla room, surge rooms, loads of all modular rooms, all custom bespoke rooms, and it's free um, to anyone, not just Swedish people, uh, but government-sponsored. But yeah, Verbos Multi-Delay, it's lots of different delay taps uh, on sliders with uh, global reverb, global time control, some sort of pitch shifting going on. I'm not sure if it's all analog or if it's digital. Is that Um, a multi-gateway processor? Is that what it is? Yes, I think that might be it. It's it's interplaying with never took it really with with to have it out or is it ready to go? This is ready to go, but we haven't gone into production. So yeah, I don't know if there's any demo uh, sounds demos of that, but uh, yeah, I I think uh, Ed said that the Verbos thing was really cool as well. So yeah, seems to be a lot of stuff going on in the delay Mm. time domain on uh, Eurorack stuff. It's interesting, isn't it? Like you say, it goes in kind of waves, doesn't it? There's a module idea I had, and I've tried to get someone to make it. I wanted to release this last year. Not that I want to get into building modules, um, and it didn't happen. I was kind of let down, and several of those have now been announced at NAM. I'm not going to say what they are. (laughs) Um, And I'm still trying to get someone to make it, because for me, I want a few of these things, and I was thinking if a company can do a small run, I'd love to see it. So it does move in ways. As soon as I saw one and thought, that's nearly exactly what I want to see. I saw another two within about a week. Right. So it definitely was moving waves. Mm-hmm. Um, it was nice to see an update on the 4MS Swan, as they're calling it, the spherical wavetable navigator. Yeah. Uh, six voice, um, Waldorf-esque wavetables by the sounds of some of them. Um, and yeah, some nice pushes of analog technology as well. Intelligel updating their... Um, Rubicon oscillator, steady state fit as well, pushing this kind of through zero FM technology. It's nice to see people pushing kind of older analog styles as well. Did you see um, the uh, radical technologies? Uh, I'm ah, Delta I, I had a play with that because I, 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 I thought it sounded really good, actually. I was really... Oh, I mean, they, they won the best mono synth, which I was really delighted at because he's been... You know, he's been a, a synth designer for such a long time, and I know the Spectralis and the Accelerator. You know, they did, they did 
they did okay, but they didn't really reach the kind of heights that maybe something like this can. So I really hope it kind of mm. like, it works for him because it's got multi-mode analog and digital filter. And I was playing with it and the digital filter sounds really good. In fact, I think I preferred it to the sound of the analog filter just because <laughs> it had this really gnarly quality. And they've got, uh, it's got two swarm oscillators, a bunch of uh, effects and presets as well. And it just looks really good. You, and you, you said you were a bit excited by that, Gaz. Did you get to try it? Uh, well, um, York uh, demonstrated it for me, um, and he's he <laughs> he's a little mischievous monkey. He is. He was like loving taking it into the most kind of extreme areas and giving it a squeak, and it just sounded brilliant. And um, the uh, the LFO, oh god, it just sounds so cool the way it all interacts. Um, and of course, I mean, I thought once I saw the Behringer Neutron, I thought, wow, that's they, they kind of there's a few similarities between them. I'm sure they're very different as well. Um, but that sort of uh, semi-modular uh, design uh, that is something that I'm I'm very interested in myself. You know, um, like Dreadbox, I suppose. Uh, the Erebus is a little bit like that. Um, but the, I think what was really particularly nice about the the Delta Sep A was just the way how it all comes together. And you've got a a fairly decent amount of patch points on there um but just as a standalone unit um so well i think you can either get it as it as a euro rack as a complete so uh, a little bit like the system 1m or something all right so uh, is, uh, or, yeah so it'll go in around yeah and then put a, i think there's like a little bit you pay a little bit extra to get it sort of ha have a desktop sort of casing around it as well um so yeah i mean it's just you gotta you gotta hear it, haven't you? I mean, it really you know on paper it's interesting, but just to hear it, yeah, it did sound it really good. I know Ben because his his filter and his oscillators sounded great, didn't they? In in solo, I remember uh, they, they and it, this has got the same sort of technology as far as I understand it, but brought together in a single synth voice. Mm, yeah, Ken uh, of Flux with it or Flux three or two is in the chat room at the minute. So hey, hi, Ken. Ken, how are you? Yeah, we met. Uh, oh, that's not him. We met. Uh, <laughs> it's in that one, isn't it? Yeah, we, we we he, we met. I saw him every day. He was. Uh, I think Gaz, you ended up staying at the house that they were sharing. He said it was great, but apart from the fact that it was he'd had no sleep because every time he'd go to sleep, someone would come round for a jam, and so he ended up having about three nights, <laughs> three hours sleep a night for the entire duration. Yeah. And he he said it was great, but he was really tired. So I hope he's returned. Yeah, the house. Right. I think it was like an Airbnb and it had a really nice big kitchen with like one of those kind of islands in the middle and they just piled loads of synths and things on there. <laughs> so after, it the, up. you know, they would come back and just end up. Uh, and Jim, Jim Hayward, he was staying there too. So Good, yeah, Jim, a big get, shout out to Jim Hayward and Mira, yeah. for, who were the local Mira. crew. They did a great job. Yeah. Sorry, Ben, you were, you were, you were, you were yeah. just going somewhere with that. Yeah, so Ken, uh, I, I did a little live stream um, on Sunday and, Ken, I had Ken on the show and he was saying that really was his highlight of the whole show. Just the, the sound of that thing. Mm. So on paper, it actually looks, as Gaz said, interesting, but maybe a little bit simpler, less patch points for those that are into that. Uh, maybe less oscillators than, than other things in, in that kind of desktop size. But yeah, by all counts of all friends that were there, that was the thing to check out and listen to. Yeah, it did. I, I had a brief. I had a brief play with it, but it. it, it I don't. Do you know how much it costs? I don't know what the price of it is actually. Yeah. Is it nine nine nine? Okay. Without the case, and then twelve nine nine with. <laughs> wow. Roughly. Okay, so it's quite so pricey. It's a lot 
heavier price than Mother 32 and obviously everything's a lot more money than the Behringer offerings at the minute as well. Mm-hmm. So, but, but on all accounts, it, it sounded it. So, yeah, I need to go watch every demo of, of that one and hopefully have one at some point to check out because yeah. he's also he's Swarm Oscillator and, and the effects and the filter um, at Synfest last year um, were very good. They did sound very good. Yeah. The, uh, one thing, uh, after chatting to Vernon Reed, and Vernon was really blown away by the Polyend uh, Perk Pro, the kind of... Um, the, the drum, how would the you drum describe solenoids, it? The, yeah. The drum, drum solenoid triggers, thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I went and checked it out. I filmed a little piece, actually, because they've got an update to that now. Initially, when you bought that Perk Pro setup, you had to buy them in three and it was a controller now that now their new thing is that you can get them in as individual ones for around three nine nine dollars i think um as opposed to twelve nine nine i think for the three so um so it makes it a little bit more affordable that you can build up to it but anyway uh once i went over there those guys at poly end my goodness are they super bright super interesting dudes um the they were showing the latest update to the polyend seek though no, their, their sequencer their big 32 step sequencer you got eight eight separate tracks of 32 steps all running at the same time um and it's just a really beautifully made wonderful to operate uh, sequencer i was so impressed by that and they give me a little heads up about the forthcoming collaboration with dreadbox the medusa and i can't really say anything about it other than it's a lot more than what people currently think. So that's going to be, uh, I think that's going to come out in Superbooth or hopefully then if things go to plan. Uh, all I would say about that, because I don't really want to spoil it, uh, but is it, it it really is a coming together of those two very interesting companies, the uh, Polish Polyend and the Greek Dreadbox uh, companies. So uh, very exciting. That's so. So I think the thing about the Medusa, because we saw an image of the Medusa last year, I think people have kind of assumed that that's what it is. And all I would say is, it's a lot more than that now. So yeah. something very interesting brewing there. You see this as well, the uh, the Udo Newman. This uh, kind of astonishing, it was a beautiful looking thing, Ma- really unusually shaped touchscreen with, uh, I mean, it's complete concept sort of type idea, just a big touchscreen with, uh, I think it just had an i7 and a DX7 keyboard in it, and they cobbled together some uh, uh, interface uh, from uh, Juice, I think it was. That looked kind of interesting, although um, not sure what the point of it was, other than, ooh, pretty blinky lights with a big touchscreen on it, but that... That was an interesting uh, aspect of it. I'm just trying to think if there's any other um, astonishing stuff. Did I mention the Casio stuff? I did, didn't I? The CTX, which, you know, a, a couple of people came up to me and said, have you seen that? The, the CTX, I think it's f- uh, 5,000 or 500. Uh, it's got this AIX engine, and it's got, you know, multi uh, astonishing array of sounds in it. It's $174. I mean, that really was a bit of a, a, a mind-blowing price point i think casio are playing a long game here they're starting to build up this kind of uh, synth engine side of things and putting it in everything and i suspect in a year or two we're going to start seeing some interesting things from them because they've got rich formadoni and also um oh what's the name of the other game mike mike martin who are both 
kind of fairly uh, experienced uh, product developers, and you know, both work. You know, Rich Forbidoni worked with Korg for a long time. He launched the Kronos. You know, he's he's definitely they're they're some smart guys, and I think they're obviously up to something. So that's something to watch. Um, what else? Anything else that jumped out? I should probably have a list of questions, really, Ben, to kind of uh, you know to to throw in. But I, I, I'm only starting perking up now. <laughs> yeah, the noun facts uh, kicking in as we about an hour. Um, but the it's funny that the the SEM uh, oscillators, you know, the reissue of the the SEM chips. Obviously, they're in the Behringer Neutron. They were also in the uh, vintage Synflab dual oscillator. Um, Modular yes. company, a couple of guys, you know, the, thir- small, the thirty-three forties. Like you mean the thirty-three forties? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sound, I, Chris... I have to say, they sound really good. <laughs> I don't know. Have you heard? Yeah. The, have you have have you been exposed to the neutron outside of the uh, teasers, or is that something you can or cannot say? Um, I was told I can, so I can do this very briefly. <laughs> I can I can wave it around. Um, Pete, who you see in those um, inside R&D videos that Behringer are doing, um, I'm allowed to show it. Um, I've got some videos with it I'm going to chuck up this week. They're only rough test patches, nothing too in-depth yet. Um, but, yeah, they sound great in this. The vintage Synflab one from the demos I saw sound very good. Um, I know Chris Meyer of Learning Modulars uh, got those guys at Vintage Synflab to do proper through zero um, FM, which is exponential fm i'm just getting a bit tech heavy i guess but an exponential curve will by the nature of it will never hit zero um because it can't whereas a linear curve can but effectively in musical terms it means the, the fm can be a lot more musical um for anyone that's used a pair of analog oscillators frequency modulating each other the depth gets so high and the pitch just starts to rise and at that point i usually throw a paddy and turn the system off and go <laughs> go away and certainly mm-hmm. if you were jamming with people it's like having an annoying guitarist that turn you know is turning the bassist's tuning peg just bit by bit through the song just to wind each other up. it's the equivalent of, i'm sure we've all had <laughs> but it's the equivalent <laughs> of that you're jamming from it and turning the depth of modulation up thinking this sounds great and then the pitch starts mm. drifting up which is fine in in a playing around at home but you, you can't do that on a gig um and basically pushing this technology a little bit further than what other people seem to be doing is what uh, caught my eye when I heard that for vintage Synflab. Yeah, they, um, I mean, yeah. It, it seemed to do more. So, but but so the Neutron, I mean, from what I heard on yeah, the videos, the neutron, it sounds like... the neutron doesn't do a through zero thing, but um, I don't know of any oscillators that do that don't cost more than this will for a single oscillator. So it's not really fair to, to compare it. Um, yeah, if you have any questions on on this so far, but I have been told I can talk about it. So, what's the filter? Far away, like? uh, chewy and raw and fairly dirty. Um, it doesn't sound anything like the Model D uh, ladder filter that's in their Model D or D clone. Um, what's quite nice on the is patch it, it... bit? Gone. Sorry, guys. Oh, sorry. Is it a bespoke filter? Is it is it its own filter? Yeah, it's, um, so I don't know quite it, what the design is, um, but you can you mm-hmm. can patch straight in into the filter, independently modulate it. You've got um, an ADSR that is pre-routed to it, separate from the amplifier uh, VCA um, ADSR. The LFO is pre-routed as well, unless you patch in. 
you do get it's not fully multi mode in that you get every single output like you do on some um sem based filters but there are two outputs there's the one that's selected um which can be a low pass band pass or high pass and there's another filter out that is whichever one is next down on the list so you always get filter out can be completely independent you could use the filter for one thing but then patch the oscillators into the rest of the synth the delays like that as well um, so is the overdrive they really can be completely independent um units which is nice if you've a lot wow. of other gear to do that with but yeah the whole thing the filter the way the oscillators drive into it the, obviously the overdrive is going to be as well but very driven chewy quite raw character um, you can hear a little bit of kind of whine and character on the delay, which for people that have used older BBD pedals and, BBD. and things, you'll be used to. Yeah. So um, is, is it entirely analog then, or is it a, is it a, is it analog all the way through? Is it analog VCOs? Analog. So. Yeah. So the, the both uh, oscillators are the thirty three forty sem cutting reissues analog filter i'm not sure about the lfo and envelopes um i, I mean to the, me i, don't I, get too I, I think the envelopes are analog from what i've heard really? okay i mean for me a bit like that verbos delay we mentioned it's the interface can make something feel analog and, and tangible and fun and responsive regardless of what it is anyway so i'm not too precious for the envelopes they do go very snappy um, they go very tight if you want they don't go super long for really long kind of drone stuff, but um, someone asked about the Model D, actually, if you could make that drone the equivalent of uh, sticking a pencil under the keys. Um, you can do that on this. There's a bias for the VCA, so you can just turn that up, and by default, everything will just drone without pressing keys, which is useful for figuring out what things are doing. Um, yeah, you've got independent sample and holds which isn't just one of the waveforms on the LFO, which is nice. You can have both. A couple of modular utilities. You can modulate delay time, so you can get like a BBD oh, call. I love that. Square wave modulated <laughs> delay time. Big fan of That's it. That's a Nick Pat standard. Uh, is, it, um, is it completely normal then? Are, are all the controls normaled without patching? Yeah, so default um, signal flow would be your oscillators with the blend. Uh, between the two big tunings, to the filter, uh, to the VCA, through the overdrive, then through the delay. The control path is one ADSR to the envelope, one to the VCA, and the LFO to the filter by default. Um, and you can break all that with patching. If you wanted to take the oscillators out and patch something else into the filter, that would then follow through the default path. So you could forget this bit, plug your MIDI cable in, or um, USB on the back um, and just kind of be ready to go, whether you've got any of this gear or not. Something like a Korg SQ-1 is good fun because they're cheap and small um, and you can throw a couple of sequences into it really easily. So when are your videos, so, yeah. going, when are your videos going up then, Ben? Um, I shot them, I guess rather stupidly really. It's just as easy for me to record a bit of video as it is audio. So I shot a kind of off-angle blurry shot and originally sent them to the, the Midas team in Manchester and said, you can use these if you want. I've captured it. If not, just listen to the audio. Here's what I've been playing around with testing. So although we've seen this whole thing, they are kind of blurry, 
teaser style videos but i'm going to put those up uh, back end of this week and then in a couple of weeks i'll get into really full kind of overview content of what each piece of the puzzle does it'll take me a couple of weeks cool it's uh, what's really encouraging is it's 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 a thing it's its own thing it's not a clone it's just mm. it's something new yeah. and that's that's what you know, I think a lot of people would like to see. I mean, it's, you know, it's all well and good. You know, people want a, a, a D for 300 bucks. That's fine. But it's nice to see that there's some innovation and something sort of unique and, and, and different to, you know, to just... Well, we saw that with the Deep with the deep Mind, though, didn't we? Yeah. You know, that ostensibly there's a kind of Juno heritage to it, but it's its own thing and it's got its own sound. And hopefully this... And, and coming from the same stable, really, those guys of Midas are brilliant, aren't they? So, yeah, they are really smart cool people. For... Very smart mm. people. Oh, thanks, Ben. It doesn't sound like... It no. doesn't sound like they're definitely and not. Thank God, uh, thank God it doesn't have, uh, well, at least from what you're saying, it doesn't have just a, a yet another resonant ladder filter. Because I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm... But, I'm, but the, I guess the Marmite issue... Sorry. Go on, guys, sorry. I was going to say, the, I was cutting in again, sorry. But, yeah, the Marmite issue is whether people like the color of it i mean i love it i think it looks beautiful but uh I've, I've 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 seen a number of people all being a little bit down on the color yeah but uh, people are going to be down there's always you know you can't please everybody yeah polarizing it's like the model d's um dirty little brother that comes in picking his nose and slamming the door as he comes in the whole thing's just quite raw <laughs> and character it's definitely its own thing. And I think that's the most exciting part of it, that they've just made a synth voice that you can't say is this bit's from something else, this is from mm. something else. It's an interesting unit on its own and really feature-packed as well. Excellent. Looking forward to that. Hopefully mm. I'll be able to do a review as well myself fairly soon. Mm. Um, okay, well, uh, it feels like we're probably um, we're probably sort of sliding towards end of show is there anything else you wanted to add gaz while we're yeah, uh, the, before we go the walled off the walled off stvc was quite nice um yeah I thought it sounded great. huge i'm a huge fan of the strike vet I, I i i use my strike vet like i use it on most of my productions in some way i i love it uh and i've always thought it was slightly underrated because when it came out they were they were sort of pushing it as like a kind of porn soundtrack device weren't they with a kind of cheesy cheesy porn thing going on which i, I thought sort of um did a slight disservice to it because i think it's a brilliant uh versatile instrument so it's quite interesting that they've gone back and essentially done a an upmarket uh strike fet um and operationally, other than the vocoder, it's virtually identical to the Strike Fet. Um, I noticed uh, there's an extra knob for the effects controls, which are quite cool, because there's just a single knob for the Strike Fet, uh, which is a sort of combined amount and rate sort of control. Uh, but that's now split into two controls. But um, other than that, it's almost identical to the uh, the the Strike Fet. Oh, also, yeah, I noticed that the solo voice um in the kind of clockwise position uh pluto <laughs> it's strange isn't it on the strike fit it's going sort of bass piano electric piano synth 
Pluto. <laughs> Whatever I'm just trying Pluto to find it because I, I shot the video um, with uh, Nick Quaz on mm. the uh, at the Waldorf, and I thought it did sound really good actually when he played it. Yeah, like, oh, that's really nice. Two hundred and fifty bands on the vocoder, by the way, because uh, yeah, wow. Uh, he got that's he got good. a lot of stick for that, but I don't think he actually heard me when I asked him because he just said, "Yeah, it's really fat," and I think he just didn't hear what I said. To be fair, it's very <laughs> noisy there, but it is actually a two hundred and fifty band vocoder. Uh, seems to be getting a bit of flack for the price though, eight nine nine. I mean, I don't know if that's a, uh, um, it's if that... really nice made though isn't it i mean yeah it's, it's a solid it's a solid piece of price. kit yeah it's not like the yeah. plastic strike fat no it's it's a chunky no. it's a chunky thing mm. so yeah that that may well be uh the deciding factor but yeah it looks sort of thing that you know might well work live anyway hmm. um right well um interesting stuff just one, just one quick thing nick sorry to butt in just uh as you, you're wrapping up potentially did you check out the Vulcan mix, Gaz? Being a, a miniature tabletop fan, I thought yeah, maybe a less. I, I thought it was pa- hate I it. pants. I hate honest. it. I I hate it. Right. I I hate it on so many. On, uh, 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 now I think this there are some cool features in it, but ultimately I think it kind of it kind of it was it's all about inputs for me. I mean the thing is about that the, what I wanted to see in something that format is inputs i mean uh, there's six currently six volkers uh, and this thing has got two input uh, three inputs but the thing that is just super stupid in my opinion is the speakers that they've put in it uh you know they'd be so much better That's off point, yeah. putting more input channels and no stupid speakers i mean those speakers are, are like I, it, baffled, it, it baffled me that did. I was really disappointed by that. I mean, there are some pretty cool features. I like the fact that they've put the um, the, the 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 analog um, filter controls on there. I think that's pretty cool because they're the same ones that are on the Volca sample. Um, but they've, where it's two controls on the Volca sample, they've made that into single knobs. So you you twist it to the left for a uh, high cut, twist it to the right for a low cut. Um, and a few, a few pretty decent things on there, but ultimately it just feels like, Ooh, I don't know. It, it, yeah. It, I mean, it, it obviously... feels it's under, under featured. I mean, you know, it needs, it should at least be able to, I mean, what, if they were smart about it, they should, they should have yeah. put enough inputs on it so that if you yeah. bought it, you'd want to buy more Volkers to plug into it rather than I actually yes, need another crazy. mixer to plug uh, my, more Volkers in. My biggest beef with it is it's not battery powered it's not you can't put batteries in it at all i mean the 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 positive side of that is is that you can it comes with all the cables and you can power three volkers from the one thing but i'm not quite sure that's what people wanted i think it was like a little battery powered mixer um so i think the uh kv gear vixen which um is an independent but uh independently produced mixer to the same format as the uh, right Volker. Yeah. yeah, I think that, that one does battery, battery power. But that one, you see, that one's kind of got all... That that sort of got... That's kind of what they should have done. So I think probably yeah. the, the guys over at KV Gear were probably even a massive sigh of relief, really, when the, when the Volker mixer dropped. But um, That yeah, one's a bit more I'm, expensive, but it does look like it's got more stuff going for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's yeah. why You've confirmed everything I thought from looking at it. The the Vixen though is six mono channels, two stereo channels. Uh, that will take nine yeah. volt power in and eight powers out. There's quarter inch send and return. 
but it's still the yeah. same size as a Volker. That just seems to be. Yeah, but Ben really hasn't go. got any speakers. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got to plug it in. Yeah. So How are you going to do the gig? The jam, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there should be a Volker PA. And it could be really, it could be like sort of super tiny, but with sort of bass ports. So it sounds much bigger than it actually is, but ultimately completely useless. Yeah, I, that was a bit disappointing, mm. to be honest. Uh, but uh, hey, I mean, mm. the polylog seemed to, uh, d- I don't know, it's not polylog. I keep prolog. polylog, prolog. Prolog. I, I don't mm. want to use the word prolog. It feels as somehow like some sort of, uh, you know, some sort of medical condition that you get when you're of a certain age or you've had too many children. You know, it just doesn't seem like, the right word but that that sounded okay I, I haven't really had it hasn't really kind of made me go ooh in the way that the uh the mini log did the mini log really kind of like yeah this has got something about it it's got a, a charisma about it whereas it just feels like i think i might have said this before um mm. four mono four mini logs as about the same price as a, a, a as a prologue it's the the but, big prologue the 16 but ultimately you know it, it's not four times you know you don't it feels like it should have been cheaper to me because it's not. It, it's it, the economy of scale doesn't seem to apply to it. But there you go. Mm. I, I, a, I I I like it. Okay. The prologue. Isn't there a compressor on the sixteen voice version, but not? Yeah, on yeah, the there eight is. Yeah. Not on the eight voice. Yeah, I thought that seemed a little bit mean, actually. That the and there's no motion the, sequencer. <laughs> No motion sequencer. Uh, motion sequence is one of the biggest plus points of the of the mini log, you know, and the monologue. I mean, it's it, it's great, mm. and there's no motion sequencing, and that's dumb because all of that extra that's five lanes or four or five lanes of extra modulation that you just don't have access to, which just I don't really understand why they didn't do that. Anyway, what mm. can I say? <laughs> but you like it, Gaz, so that's all right. Well, yeah, I, I thought it, I just I I liked I I thought it felt like um, I don't know I just it, I, I well I particularly liked that low end compressor when you when you take it out and then put it back in and you kind of go ooh that really does kind of uh, bring this beautiful mm, this lovely thing this lovely feeling in as you put it in there that's why I felt it was a bit of a shame that they left that out of the six, the eight voice one it seemed to be. Uh, I don't know, it just seemed a bit stingy to do that, you know. Um, however, I understand why they've done that. But, um, yeah, no, I think, it, I don't know, I think it's going to be quite popular one, that, though. I just feel yeah, that it's, it's good I, I for th- live. I think the difficulty is, I, I'm, without banging on about it too much about it, it's a two-grand synth, you know, and a two-grand synth, you're dealing with, you know, you're into Dave Smith, Rev2, you're into that sort That's of territory, true. and it, it's not one of those. So Good point. I don't really under, that's why I think it just feels too expensive. Because mm-hmm. the other mm-hmm. stuff, you know, the mini log was the most affordable an- analog poly, and it's you know I've got one. I think I think it's great. It's a great little synth. I thoroughly recommend it to you know if people were looking for that sort of thing at that price, great buy. I can't really feel. I don't feel the same way about the uh, prologues somehow. It just sort of feels yeah. like it's not. It's not enough of an advance on from that. It's just got more voices. I mean, I guess the digital um, oscillator is, you know, a, a quite a big deal mm. to a bunch of people. But I don't know. I, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I love that. <laughs> it sparked a lot of uh, memes in all the various synth meme groups for just having one LFO. Mm. I've yeah, just seen Ken funny. mention. 
I know. I feel really guilty because I I actually think I'm on record as saying, but it's only got one LFO. But I mean, so what? Uh (laughs) I wonder, though, I wonder if we will see the a price drop on that though, because we've seen it with a few of the Japanese uh, releases, haven't we? The uh, Roland specifically, when they launched the uh, the JDXA, that seemed like quite expensive when it first came out, and 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 the System Eight as well, just seemed like they've kind of just pitched a bit too high on the price point. Um, but you know, maybe the market forces will sort of conspire to to bring it down a little bit and it'll you know i I mean i'm imagining that the prologue 16 would be much better off around the sort of 14 to 15 sort of mark like you know the the system 8 kind of come out at around the 14 15 mark didn't it but now you can get it around the 12 you know so i'm just wondering whether market forces will will conspire to to find its natural place maybe so Right, that feels like a good time to wrap. Uh, before we go, I should also uh, just draw your attention back to the uh, competition. Don't forget, if you want to enter to win a copy of Isotopes Ozone 8, uh, we're looking for the hashtag MixFixer and the hashtag Ozone 8 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. That's MixFixer and Ozone 8 to at Sonic State and at, at Isotope Inc. God, I'm messing up my words today. Anyway, that's it for this time. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm feeling better already. I think it's just the uh, it's either <laughs> the, the, the 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 cold drugs I've got, or maybe I am feeling a little bit better, and I'm going to be on the mend, which would be great because I've been barely able to do anything this week, just apart from every time I type, I type a sentence, and most of it's wrong. It's like that kind of woolly-headedness, <laughs> and I have to go back and correct it. So it's just I can't really do anything. Certainly no coding, nothing like that. But Ben, thank you very much for joining us. What um, uh, we should plug the and uh, I, I, I do apologise for not getting around to doing the uh, um, the freeze machines video before Nam. But uh, as you know, things transpired against us. But you should check out Ben. They should buy freeze machines. Yeah. Able to, it's a, a great yeah. a great item. So you just got to uh, freeze machines is the um, uh, they're able to rack. Uh, devices that ben built uh um in conjunction yeah. i guess it was a well, partnership I mean, wasn't it yeah yeah it was really nice to work with you on that and i need to do some uh modular synth video stuff as well maybe a guitar just showing it off i think the internal synths work great as well but i, I really like just having the uh, effects device just to run well for me this stuff modular but to run sounds in i think it's really fun to play and you've got a pedal to assign to the reverb freeze as well it becomes really nicely interactive people should go buy it <laughs> i'm just going to p- plug that here so yeah if you go to uh, sonicstate.com forward slash shop uh, there's a link on our nav bar so it's just go freeze machines and you can get it there and it's uh, available now 9.99 and it is actually uh, it's a very creative tool actually I, I wish i had more time to play with it because every time i switch it on I end up kind of coming up with all these sort of mad textures and sort of these beautiful uh, reverts. Essentially, it's a, a a set of plugins that allow you to create kind of various frozen reverb textures, and they're just really Lovely. massive and wide and uh, spatial. And you can either run them from the individual instruments or from a live input. Uh, Nick, can I ask you just to quickly grab that photo I've sent you to your email because I think everyone needs to see it. It's uh, well, people. It's uh, it's the funniest thing. <laughs> Let me see. Um, Thinking of uh, reverbs, either for people in the oh, chat. Oh wow, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> that is really weird. Ooh. 
I'm not sure about that. That's making that's creeping me out a bit. Sorry, Ben, you were you were just about to <laughs> drop a pearl of wisdom. Was, well, not so much. Just if it took a while to find the picture, just to ask if anyone had used the new reverb in uh, Logic, in Logic 10's update. No, I I'm haven't very on Logic 10. What is it? Briefly played, but it, it looks good. Yeah, I just was curious. Either people in the chat that or either of you. Logic. That Logic update is unbelievable i can't honestly gosh what what a bumper crop of brilliant stuff in that new logic update there and it's just ace to see the return of camel fat in an in you know it's such a cool plug-in and like when uh apple bought um when apple bought uh camel audio and and then they brought back uh alchemy I thought that was going to be it, but it's great because uh, it also Camel Space has returned as well in in these uh, new. Chromoverb. Uh, oh yeah, okay, that's the one. Right, yeah. I must check that because that came out of Nam as well. It was just it was a little bit yeah, yeah. overload, wasn't it? it? Didn't get a chance to see. That. Yeah, and there's that thing as well that Logic now does. Cubase has done it, and I've been banging on about it for a long time. And Melodyne too auto tempo detect, so you can just play without a click track, and it'll retrospectively put a temple map on your performance oh, in fact that's that's right because i was talking to the guys at uh, melodyne and uh, logic pro uh, the the latest version of logic now has the api uh, hooks for melodyne in it so if you've got a melodyne plugin it 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 integrates at a kind of secret, a DAW level, so it will it will mm. analyze the stuff and it will uh, work with the waveform displays. I, I didn't get the chance to do the because when I showed up to talk to them, they said, "Oh, I've just got a dash off." So I just, that's one thing I didn't get a chance to go and talk to them about. But apparently, the integration with Melodyne uh, via the uh, Melodyne API it, uh, is now part of Logic update. So if you do have that, it, you get a much deeper integration, and for, certainly for editing on the fly without having to use the editor. It gives you much a much better integration, mm. so that's well worth checking out for sure. Oh, great. Anyway, yeah. I, I think that was it, wasn't it? We 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 sort of we we we, we <laughs> were going, and then we were back, and then we we're going. Anyway, thanks everybody. <laughs> that was great, Ben. Thank you very much for joining us. Don't forget check out Ben stuff, uh, Divkid video on YouTube, uh, and all Patreon and all of those kind of good things. Thank you very much for joining us. And also, uh, Mr. Gaz Williams, who's uh, also sounding better, not quite so nam, uh, pneumonia, I think was the one I enjoyed more than Namthrax <laughs> this year. Pneumonia, yeah. Um, I'm trying to decide whether to go back to bed or not. I've been so bed-bound in this last... But yeah, actually, I, the, doing the show has actually picked me up quite a bit. Perked so yes, bit. thank you. For, Excellent. Yeah, yeah, so thanks for There we go, it's official, folks. Sonic Talk cures all ills as well. <laughs> makes, makes you feel cures better. your ills. Excellent. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah, I wanted I like to thank. But before we uh, before we get off, I wanted a big shout out to Ed, Rob, Andy, Jim, and Mira, and all the crew, uh, and uh, also um, oh gosh, completely gone now. All the people that that, that helped us out at Nam, the sponsors, all of that stuff, and everybody for, who uh, who was involved. So thank you very much, and all of you guys for watching the videos. Because obviously, if we made them and nobody watched them, it'd be a bit of a waste of time. Uh, next up is uh, Music Messer, and then Super Boo. So onwards and upwards. Anyway, that's it for this time. We'll see you next time. Thanks a lot.